Greetings, my friends. Mark Overson. So here's the setting. We just got off the mountain. Beautiful day. It's supposed to snow about five to six inches tomorrow. I've got about seven or eight of our limitless brothers around us, and we're going to do a live impromptu. We've done no prepping, no nothing. There's a fire burning um, next to us. It's nice Colorado, soft, fluffy snow, and there's a couple principles I'm going to share with the crew. And you guys feel free to fire off a question. But here's the big one I wanted. Like, this is the topical thing. For life, and Spillane um, in particular today got to see this. When you have principles and your principle-based living versus tactical-based versus strategy-based, there's an overriding principle that can apply unilaterally to all subjects at all times in all cases. Now, there's caveats where it doesn't might not apply, but let me give you an example. This morning... Um, so we're going to talk about controlling the control, and we're going to talk about a principle called the fastest, easiest, least effort. And so I'm going to give a couple examples, and you can fire back ideas. But this morning, um, you know, everybody went to the mountain. We had two layers of backup plan to get Spillane and I to the mountain. We had an original taxi that said, no problem, um, just call when you need it. And then we had a backup, another taxi type thing that was the backup. Well, when we called to get the ride, both were gone. They were unavailable. So what I was telling Spillane is the only thing we can control right now is not the outcome of getting to the mountain. The only thing we can control is our effort. And so you can control what you control. And I said, so I ended up, I'm calling uh, Enterprise saying, hey, do you have like uh, a nephew in town that we could just give 60 bucks to that can just take us to the mountain? Like just as a friend deal, just off the record, nothing. And I just kept controlling the control because all I could control was effort. I couldn't say, well, the taxi's out. Fuck, we're not going to get to the hill. Damn it. Which would have sucked because now someone, you might ask, like, why don't you just call Enterprise? We're in a smaller, uh, it's a smaller town, right? So the, the options are less. There's no Lyft. There's no Uber. There's no nothing. But it's this idea of the only thing, and I want you guys to understand this, like, deep in your soul you cannot control outcomes. And you're, a you're basically your index for insanity, frustration, anger, victimization, uh, disgruntledness, disillusionment, quitting is your degree of believing you can control things you can't control. And your, your real, I believe, capacity for mastery, pleasure, power, joy, wealth, is your ability and your index of understanding the only thing you can control is what you can control and learning how to bring things into your life that you have control almost absolutely in and optimizing and doubling down and working and obsessing on everything that is in your domain with absolute, total, no bullshit, I own this space. This is like your house. So let's talk environment real quick. One thing you can control for sure is your skill set as a marketer. You can't control if someone's going to click it. You can't control if someone's going to pay. You can't control if someone's going to refund. You, you can influence that by your skill. What you can control is reading the ad copy books, placing more ads, doubling down your spending, getting absolutely insane that you are creating the result and you're controlling your marketing. That's the only thing you can control. You can't say, well, Facebook, you know, it's saturated out there, right? You'll hear that in every industry. Oh, it's saturated out there. Oh, it's this or that. You can't control that. 
What you can control is your marketing power. Um, thoughts on this, comments on this, like your environment, your room, your house, your fridge, what enters your body. You have a total, almost complete and total control over what enters your body, minus when you're walking and toxins are coming in. And there's some like minutia of what goes into your body that you can't control. But by and large, 100%, give or take plus or minus a point, you control the food that goes into your body. You control what your room looks like. You control the clothing you wear. You control the image you project to the world. You can't control how that image is received. You can't control how people love you, hate you, think you're awesome, think you suck. There's no control on that. And so if you get upset that you do your marketing, you do your thing, you get a hundred comments and likes and six purchases on this idea on Facebook, and then you get a couple little douchebags that say you suck, you're a scammer, you're a scum. If you can, if you think you can control that, you can't. In fact, it's guaranteed to happen with numbers. Mm -hmm. It's just the metrics of people. All right, thoughts on this, comments? Do you get the idea? Get it, Chess. Um, so when it comes to working on like a business Throw it over project, here real quick. Run around, Chess, speaking of the same. So when it comes to like a business project or a relationship, and you've tried so many times and the same outcome is failure, yeah. when do you know like, to move on to something else and control something else. All right, so Shavs, have a seat. That's good. So when you say failure, Shavs, that's very binary. Yeah. And I don't believe it's even the truth. So when you try something over and over and the and it's failure, 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 you're just either saying there's success or failure. Like you're you're making your options one of two things. Where what if you like specifically are we talking about a specific thing that you've tried? Yeah, just for instance, um, if it's coming like a business project. Okay, a business project. Yeah. So what you want to say is, where's the progress in that? Where have I been learning? And then there's a time where you just cut the idea and kill it. But all you can control, well, what I would do is say, I can control who I, well, this goes into the next thing. Um, a principle, and get me back to this, but we want to move on to a subject here. Um, the second thing with a principle that applies unilaterally at all times with all circumstances under all cases most of the time. You live and you set like probably you only have to peg maybe 5 to 15 of those and you're living principle based and you're immovable and you, you figure it out. And you live all your life from these principles and you are in a very good place. Okay, here's another principle. Easiest, fastest, least effort. What is the easiest, fastest, least effort? Easiest, fastest, least effort. Okay, so for instance, in this case, yesterday I was hard selling you guys on hiring a ski pro for lessons. Yeah. Now, little context for the listeners. Um, these are 20 to 25-year-old guys. This is the time when, ah, oh, I'm not going to hire, you know, ski lessons are for five-year-olds. I'm a man. I'm a big deal. You know, this is the time pride, as soon as adulthood takes off. The learning hat stops. You think you know everything, and life is the way you think life is. Learning ten, tends to blunt after high school. Really, college is a few years, and there's a reason I don't allow people over 30 in this culture. It's because they've cemented their learning, and they really think they know how life is. And it's very real. The only people I have come around are guys like Jameson on the couch over there sleeping, who does, <laughs> who does six figures a month. Guys like Foreigner who do six figures a month. Guys like uh, Vince who's yeah. does. I only let you guys, I only expose to people that are growing that still live by the growth principle. Mm -hmm. That's why we've cut this off at 30, just so you guys know. But anyway, um, so when it comes to skiing, 
one principle that's that's constant that you can use unilaterally at all times who knows more than me in this subject and can teach me how to hack into mastery way faster way easier way quicker and you guys got to ski with one of probably the top 10 skiers on the mountain yesterday yeah mm-hmm. i mean he had to be one like yeah. i might be a good skier i don't know how to translate what i'm doing mm-hmm. very well yeah and that's why philosophy to skiing which yeah is, i have a full nice. i have a philosophical yeah. base on skiing <laughs> which which actually is what is the easiest least effort way yeah. to ski mm-hmm. so i taught that and you guys seem to get benefit yeah. out of it yeah, and it Vince, and so what i was teaching is that i said imagine the the entire mountain is just a rock which guess what that's what it is okay mm-hmm. so imagine it's a rock and imagine you as the skier or the border are a pitcher of water and you just dump the water what does the water do? Is the water fighting the mountain? Because everybody's legs were getting burned out. And yeah. here I'm skiing just about twice as fast as everybody. And I have no fatigue in my legs. I'm not I'm not winded. I'm not sweating. I'm not tired. You're you guys are confused. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you like, wait, you use your legs? Yeah. yeah. Like, my legs are fine. Yeah. <laughs> it is because when water is not fighting the mountain, it's working with the mountain. It's finding a path of least resistance down the mountain. The water's not sitting there you know, with its dukes up fighting the rock, it's just working around the rock till it gets to the base. And so with skiing, you pretend you're water flowing down a mountain and you're just finding the least, the least grindy way. And when your legs are burning, it's because you're fighting the mountain. You're trying to conform the mountain to your will versus working and becoming one with the mountain. So it's a little finch way-ish, I guess. But anyway, it's a principle of what's the, and that's my principle that I'm applying everywhere. And I apply it to skiing as much as I do apply it to money making, as much as I apply it to any other thing. What's the easiest, fastest, least effort way? Least resistance. I don't like resistance. Nobody likes resistance. Or barely anybody. Some people like it. Um, so another principle is hiring up. So with the, with the lesson and you guys today, because what I said is you guys can try to figure out skiing by yourself. Well, tell me the sales pitch, states. What was the sales pitch that I was really plowing into you guys. Yeah, you, you said it's going to enhance the entire experience. Yeah. You know, I was going to set like an intention behind skiing and you're going to learn a few mm-hmm. techniques that can really just 10x yeah. your skill sets. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad I did it because right. it really helped out a lot. And that was, I've, I'm 30 years old. It's the first ski lesson I've ever done. Right. I had <laughs> to talk my I wife into really it good. for like probably like yeah. weeks of ski, like several trips of skiing mm-hmm. to be like, hey. The kids are doing double black diamonds. Yeah, you mentioned. And that I'm too. not going to ski with you, and because you won't learn a lesson, like you're you're leaving yourself behind. So she yeah. takes a piece a piece of humble pie and hires a ski coach, and now we can ski together. And so what happens? My big thing to get you guys converted was actually financial. Mm-hmm. I said it's going to take you about ten days of skiing. That one lesson will hack out 10 days, which at, you know, 100 bucks a day yeah. or 50 bucks a day, you're basically, because persuasion works like this. You have to price condition the value. We tend to think in terms of value monetarily. So by me saying an enhanced experience, you're going to enjoy it more. Those things register with you guys, but I actually price conditioned you guys. Yeah, I remember And that. I effort conditioned by saying, hey, your legs are going to hurt as bad. Because you're going to learn to ski with less resistance. So that's an effort conditioning. Mm-hmm. So, hey, I'm giving you a path to less pain. People like paths to less pain most of the time, mm-hmm. right? And then I'm also giving you an, um, a principle of, I just forgot what I was going to say, but oh, financial condition or the 
the money conditioning because I said, you know, one $50 ski lesson can say for two hours can hack off what you, you will have to muster and try to figure off, uh, figure out for yourself a probably 10 days of skiing, Mm -hmm. which is approximately five to a thousand dollars, 500 to a thousand. And on top of that, I don't even know if we would have learned some of the stuff that we did learn with those 10 days. If yeah. We yeah. Never. You never would have. No way. Yeah. Yeah. And so humility, and this, this is another one, a principle that works every time, all the time, never fails, yeah. blah, 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 humility. You can be, you can have the biggest bank account, <laughs> the biggest muscles, the mm. most success in the world. You keep an, an, just an aura. It doesn't have to be a, now humility is very different than slavish fear and uh you know false humility false humility is when it, that's bullshit people see through that but if you carry an air of humility which that'll apply all the time so i'm still going like with jameson he's a better skier than me he has more acres under his belt he drops out of helicopters and mm-hmm. does crazy shit and so i've been observing jameson skiing and I've been learning a lot, and he wipes out more than I do. Mm. And on the way home today, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm always wiping out because I'm always wanting to push my skill set just a little bit. And if you're not wiping out, you're not going to get better. Mm. And so I, I I, knew that, and I kind of think like that. I just don't like wiping out very often. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but just observing a better skier and not saying, like, I'm a really good skier, like, mm. you know, and hardening my heart to knowledge. Mm. Because Jameson's a little better than me. He's not quantum better. So it's, that's when my pride could go, well, I'm a better skier. I'm just as good. Mm-hmm. And so that happens in marketing where people think they're just as good as so-and-so. Or worse, when pride, now you're tipping into pride. When you go, oh, so-and-so's making all that money. I'm smarter than them. And guess what? You probably are. Mm-hmm. Big freaking deal. Where's your bank account? Where's your results? They're working harder than you. You could learn from their effort. But humility, pride always comes before the fall. It's right out of the Bible. Yeah. All right, so those are a couple ideas. Um, questions, comments, questions, thoughts, theories. It's amazing. Today I had, I had a little bit of humility with me too. I was yeah. just following him down. I said, I think, like, what what describes my style? What do you yeah. think it is? And he's like, all right, you're adventurous. And I, so I'd I'm say calling. reckless. Reckless. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys can't hear what, um, what Booms is saying, but... He asked Spillane, because Spillane, you are a good boarder. Yeah. You are yeah, so fun to board with. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I ski um, Spillane boards, and I usually don't like skiing with boarders because there's just different deals, but you can do trees. You wipe out and hop up. Like Tyler said he saw you do like a double tumble <laughs> yeah. roll, <laughs> and you're straight gone. Right? Yeah. No, but not today. I didn't today. But, uh, no. but anyway, boomer gone. Oh, it was just amazing because I, I asked if I could follow him and just pace check him. Yeah, I'm gonna learn. I feel like if I followed his routes and I began taking really mm-hmm. sharp turns and just flowing over the mountain, right? And I do feel a little bit faster, so I just, I, yeah. If I could just like and that's huge. So what he was saying is, Booms asked if he could just track Spillane to try to pace set him and and really route set him, you know, and kind of have him be the lead dog in the in the runs. And again, you guys are closer because of that. Mm-hmm. Spillane, you feel more edified. You're a better boarder. Like, and that's a principle: humility and learning and asking, even from people that have less skill, less talent, less whatever. Um, it's a principle that applies all the time. And the reason I wanted to share this is because I, I don't think I've shared that principle concept of just like there's a handful that will never fail you. And I haven't come up with many of them, but these are a couple of them. 
They yeah. just were not going to mm-hmm. fail you. Yeah. What's the easiest, you know, fastest way? And I see you apply that in a lot of different areas of your mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Not just skiing. Yeah, yeah, right. You do that mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, and that's and that's how you can be very integrated as a person and how you can it life becomes very difficult if you're acting when you're in business, then you're an asshole when you're at home or you're great at home but you play the asshole at business or you're with your friends and you play the big I'm a special hoo hoo and then when you're with your parents you're someone different. It's very hard to change personalities. It's very complicated. Yeah. It's difficult. Now, let me tell you one other final thing Spillane and I were talking about today that um, I think is an interesting, valuable thing. We were talking about individuality and how um, Fortner in particular is amazingly chameleon. Like he can, he can be very similar to whoever he's with. I mean, he's got a radical hippie side, and when he's with radical hippies, he's radically hippie. He is from the Midwest, and he's with just a no BS. Like Jameson's a no – you think Jameson's a hippie? I don't think so. So you've got you've got a no BS, straight numbers, cold hard facts, Midwestern guy, and Fortner and him went out for breakfast. They had a great time. They're good buddies. Fortner can be chameleon, but he's not changing. He has an overriding philosophy, I believe, that he's using, which is you can. It takes a lot of ego to say I'm myself no matter what, and that's who I am, and I don't change, and I'm myself and. It's a really ego position to be that way. Like, I don't change for anybody. Like, I'm my own man. This is who I am and this is how I roll. What if, think how much ego that takes versus the idea of a principle like, hey, I know who I am, but if I can serve somebody by just shutting off that political side of me or shutting off that um, health side of me or shutting off that money side of me so that I can serve and bond and relate to a to another human being or a group of people, I'll do that. So you got to know your audience when you're even hanging out with the bros. You know what I mean? Like I don't go full um, my deep, my deepest core doctrines towards God and soteriology and salvation and the future of the world. I have like some convictions on those. How often do I share them? Because I don't think the value, the value is just, I don't see that as the value for the moment right now for you guys there's other fish to fry mm-hmm. you know what i mean so that's a principle too is like when i'm in the presence of whoever i'm in the presence of if i can serve them and this doesn't mean and that can be weird too because you can come from a need place like oh i need to be a value here and you can be annoying and so don't hear that that's not the message i'm saying yeah. there's just a message of i know who i am i'm confident in who i am and i can turn on and shut off different things for people to serve them in that moment and that I I keep and hold integrity by doing that and I'm not selling out I'm not being a coward this way or I'm not being brash that way or I'm not whatever Mm -hmm. you get an idea on that questions on that thoughts on that you kind of get the idea that's great Yeah. yeah and then there's another thing so like you guys so this is another principle that is slightly different than what I just said so most binary thinking is white black Good, evil, right, wrong, failure, success. It's a very poor operating system. Quantum theory and quantum, or not quantum theory, but quantum computing is the ability of the computer to take in more than a zero and a one. Because most are computing right now is a zero or a one. That's how all the programming is based. Quantum can take in a bunch of stuff simultaneously and just it can synthesize things with more than zero and one is how I understand it. I'm not a quantum computer guru. It's shockingly. <laughs> but anyway, so here's here's just a little 
difference from that. So some people will, with Gathering Limitless, and we've got this posse of really young, hip, trendy, you know, sexy, working out, prospering guys. And I've had a couple of people from this group say to me, like, you don't try to be 20. You don't try to be 22. You don't try to be cool. And when older people try to be cool, they're not cool. And when old people just don't care, they're cool. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And so there's something like how I serve you guys isn't to try to freaking look like you and talk like you. and You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's there's a level where you don't go chameleon because then you're, a, you know, if I came in and I start looking like a 20-year-old dressing guy, like seriously, think about it. <laughs> think how you would have no respect for me, nor should you. You know what I mean? So there's just, there's just, there's, Comp, there's a there's just a variety of ideas that we're sharing here, and mm-hmm. hopefully there's some value. Yeah, that's great. You know what I mean? So when you're with a kid, like when you're with a kid, so you guys would be mentoring people slightly younger than you or whatever. You're with a fifth grader. You don't have to be a fifth grader, but you know, getting on their level and talking their language a little bit's okay. But it's the distinction that hey, I'm who I am. You know what I mean? And they'll admire that because guess who they live and move and breathe and they're with every second of the day. Fifth graders, they don't want more fifth graders. They love a 20-year-old. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the power of just kind of like being aware of some of this stuff. Right. All right. That, I don't know. That seemed good enough for me. That's a good wrap. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Minute with Mark. That's, that's a wrap. We're going. Oh, man. Oh, last one is the placebo effect. Okay, this cool. is a principle. You can use all. Oh, look. at I just had stock record just about pressed. Oh, I'm pressed. So this is the placebo thing. I don't have the source exactly, but it was in. Um, I think it's in Code of the Extraordinary Mind by Vision. But he got it from another source. and I forgot the source. But. Basically, two groups of people who are uh, cleaning, cleaning ladies for hotels. Basically, they do the sheets, they change the, the towels, they go room to room, they lug the cart, whatever. The, here's the gist of it. Don't fact check this. You'll be sorely disappointed in my retail. They tell one group that, hey, did you know that you're burning X amount of calories, you're doing muscle work by pushing that, the stretching with folding the towels, the you know getting the bed ready and all that stuff, and it's burning about this, and it's actually weight. It's a weight loss and muscle building activities. They don't tell the other group that they're doing the identical work. They come back, I don't know, ninety days later. The group that just was told that what they were doing was healthier and beneficial, more muscle and more weight loss, they lost a few pounds cumulatively across uh, like the common result. The group they didn't tell, they measured again, nothing. So we're going into these hot springs right now that have all sorts of minerals mm-hmm. and there's all sorts of benefits to, and these Pagosa Springs are renowned. They've been predicted. They were prophesied in the 1800s by a U.S. general that Pagosa will eventually be a place people travel from all over the world to seek healing in these springs. So this was before science was really, and it's the deepest hot spring in the world. And it's just got, it's got boron, iron, uh, sulfates, all magnesium, all sorts of stuff. And the body's highly absorbent. And so I was saying, hey, boys, just for the sake of placebo, read through Mm -hmm. the mineral contents of this water we're about to hit. Spend five minutes. Just because of the placebo, you're going to get healthier. I just, just that's how it works. Versus, hey, we're in some hot water. It kind of smells funky. I don't know. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So... That's a principle that I am rolling with all the time, that my placebo belief is going to dictate the outcome. Bigger, And they've done studies with people that are doing lifting and weights. When they're thinking their muscles are getting bigger, 
they get bigger versus people that are doing it and they're not thinking about muscles getting bigger, their muscles don't get as big. Some would say, oh, no, that's no, it is. It's so science, it's irrefutable at this point. So, those are a couple of principles. I should get together a series of these mm-hmm. core, this could be core yeah, principles. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yes. All right, let's get out of here. Love you guys. Bye. See ya.